You're listening to another life-transforming message from C3 Church San Diego. For more information on our church, go to c3sandiego.com. This morning, we are going to unleash three of our marketplace champions, okay? And um, now, listen, I go to church because I want to hear from God. I want you to know right away, um, the people that you're going to hear from are extraordinary men and women of God. And you're going to find a common thread this morning of Christ in their business, Christ in their life, and obedience that's activated a lot. So let me introduce them. And then what we're going to do is we're going to hand them off. We're going to be like, not like the men's track team that drops the baton. We are going to make sure that we pass properly. But the first person that we're going to turn loose is Ryan Smith. Oh, yes. Ryan works in the advertising world. He started an award-winning company called Council two years ago. One of his ads actually played in the 2018 Super Bowl. He loves Emerge, volunteers on the altar team here. Um, I get the privilege of working with him professionally, and I'm telling you, the guy's work is like no one I've had the privilege of working with. Um, He also happens to like long walks on the beach. And his wife, Jade, is here expecting a child. So today at 2 o'clock, you are free to deliver. Following Ryan, we have Anna. Where's Anna? I love Anna. Uh, she's the finance and accounting director at Chosen Foods, a multi-million dollar privately held com- company. She's also a former apprentice. She went through our Pathfinders Apprentice and graduated in our second uh, graduating class. She serves on the count team. She leads at the 12 p.m. team. Um, as well as supports our finance team at Pathfinders. Um, She also has a slight avocado obsession. Following the remarkable Anna, the first time I heard Anna speak, I said to her, man, you you need to speak more because when you speak, you carry weight. And so I just can't wait for you. But uh, cleaning up, we got Jeff Rakowski. Oh my gosh. Listen to this. He's a real estate investor. He owns properties in seven different markets across the country, manages a department of 200 people for fortune builders and trains over 10,000 students a year on how to get started in real estate investing. He's a family man and a merge man, volunteering as the central emerge captain's lead, and he shares the same birthday as me. So I got, you know, a little favorite there. Uh, uh, just, Just lean in, engage. You are gonna find how extraordinary it is to see God moving in every facet of our lives. Would you welcome up with me, the one and only, Ryan Smith. Man, I'm excited, I'm excited, wow. What an intro. I didn't think they would leave the uh, long walks on the beach in there when I texted that. But hey, it's a great week. Honestly, the reason it's a great week is Kanye West released an album that I am legally allowed to listen to without feeling bad. Because I've been a diehard rap fan since 98. And, you know, No Limit Soldiers, I had The Chain, I had Corn Rose. And so now I can listen to Kanye, and it's like Christian to listen to Kanye, so it's cool. Uh, but anyways, no, I'm Ryan, nice to meet you. Um, my beautiful wife, Jade, she's holding in the baby right now so we can do this right now. And, and, you know, I know we've got a little bit of time together, but I want to talk about um, faith. And I want to talk about, you know, how many of us have heard a million faith messages? I know I have. I know that there are, there are a lot of them. And, you know, what I'm left with oftentimes is, 
hey, you don't have enough faith. Um, why do you hate faith so much? Why don't you just have more faith and God will do stuff? Like, you're so weak in your faith. That's how I feel when I hear faith messages. And I really don't like that feeling. So the, the title of this message is Faith Moves God. And so in the Bible, there are things that cause God to move. So worship, we know that when we worship, his presence shows up. We know that when we uh, tithe, he covers our finances and protects them. And when we have faith, God literally moves on our behalf. And so it's such an interesting thing to think that we can do something that forces God to do something. And so it's kind of like not, it's, you know, not the most popular thing to hear, but it's true. Like when we exercise faith, God moves. And I wish, I wish, I wish I was the guy that had like, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of the appropriate word, uh, the courage to have enough faith to, um, you know, just like wake up every morning and be like, God, you can do it. You're the man. And, you know, honestly, when I, I, I'm going to tell a story about when I started my own company, I did not have that faith. I did not have the courage. I didn't have the strength. I think a lot of people think I did. And it's really cool now to be like, yeah, I mean, totally. I took a step out. And, you know, it's like how we planned it. God, you know, you're my guy. Um, but it wasn't like that. I did not have the courage. I want to get that out right now because I think a lot of us don't have the courage to take the step. And so two years ago, I knew I had to start my own company. Um, God had put this dream in my heart to start a company before 30. And it sounds like really easy, but it was, well, I guess it doesn't sound easy. It was so hard. I mean, I had an amazing job. I, we had just done that Super Bowl ad and I had like a huge raise on the horizon and my boss loved me. We could like pick and choose clients. If we didn't want to work on something, we would just tell our boss and the owner of the company and he would put someone else on it. I mean, it was like the most cush position and God was like, you've got to do this. You've got to do this right now. And I had this very distinct vision. I had a vision of me in a desert, a big open barren desert with a single railroad track going through it. And there was one train stop. And what God was telling me is that, look, this train's going to stop once for you. And I know that's not for everyone, but this is how it was for me. I needed to be, I needed to be pushed that intensely. Like God's kind of got to force feed me stuff. And so, um, but still I, I'm going in and I'm like, why, what is happening? I, it doesn't feel right. I don't have like contracts lined up. I don't have, you know, big companies with big POs ready to sign to like do some cool projects. I just know that I have this call of God to do this. What am I supposed to do? So I'm talking to a buddy in Texas, a mentor of mine. Um, I have so many stories about him. And he's sitting there. He's like, look, he, he likes to, you know, we need people that call us out. Let's be honest. He's like, I know you don't have the courage to do this. So... I'm gonna back you up. I've got a hundred grand in my bank account. I'm setting it aside for you. You have a safety net. You have a parachute. And it was just that, it honestly wasn't the money. It was never about that. It was more knowing that someone else believed. Someone else had faith. And honestly, what you need when you're about to take, it doesn't matter the size of the step. It could be starting a company. It could be you know, getting the courage to go to your boss and ask for a raise or ask for a promotion. Whatever it is, you've got to have people around you. You've got to have some wisdom around you, people that push you. And so it was that thing that, that, that really pushed me. And the line I wrote here that I think is um, so important is, I wanted the fruit of faith without having to earn it. And that was, the, that was me in a nutshell. Like, yeah, I want the company. I want the clients. I, I knew that it would work really well. And I wanted all that, but I didn't want to pay the price of having crazy faith. So fast forward two years. We've got three minutes, 30 seconds. Boom. Um, let's go to this. So two years ago, we started this company. And then two months ago, I'm sitting on and worship right there by Darren and Gina. I'm sitting there and... 
I am not feeling God like I was two years ago. You know, when I was st- took the step of faith to start the company, everything was like crushing. I was like, God, you're, you're basically in my ear all the time hearing these words, you're singing songs to me. Like, it's just, I don't know, it's just, it was awesome. Like, I really felt God's presence all the time. And then I had become, you know, the worst word on earth, comfortable. And I heard this scientist say, not a Christian guy, and it's so like simple and profound, but as people or as any being, we do not feel speed. So you can be going 7,000 miles an hour. You can be in a jet. You can be in a spaceship. Right now we're spinning. We don't feel it. The only thing we feel is acceleration or deceleration. So you feel the pain of being pulled or you feel the pain of slowing down. And so we were at this place, my wife and I, where everything's going great. We've got big clients, big projects, but I'm just honestly feeling worse than I did before we had the company. I was feeling pretty depressed, pretty down, and like none of that stuff was filling me up. And I heard God whisper this word to me that I'll never forget. It was a life-changing moment. He said, come find me. And what was so powerful about it is that what God was trying to communicate to me is that he doesn't necessarily, he's not a, doesn't care about success. He cares about us being with him. And so this come find me message was so powerful to me because God lives in the land of discomfort. He lives out on the limbs of faith. And so if you are feeling comfortable, it is a good sign that you are on the edge of a breakthrough and that you need to either have enough courage, which would be cool if you had it yourself, or get around people that can push you. You know, that's what you got to do because when you get pushed out and when you take that step of faith, you'll experience God in a way that is unbelievable. So um, I want to read out of Joshua 1, 8 through 9. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And I think it's so important. If you read that whole chapter, God says be strong and courageous like 56 times or something crazy because he knows that's what we struggle with. It's like courage is the thing before faith. And so that courage, um, we came up to going and and extending our faith to go buy this crazy house that we just did. And uh, it was awesome. But like that was the thing that I had to go and find God with. I knew that if we took another step of faith and it's been, and it feels like I'm right back in it. You know, I'm right back close to God. I'm feeling his presence. And the question I want to leave you with real quick is, and I think this is the thing, you know, to write down. Um, am I chasing comfort or am I chasing calling? And so that was something that, that I have to ask myself because eventually your calling will become your comfort. You will get to a place where the thing that you dreamed about, that you strove, strived for so hard, will be the thing that's the new comfortable. You know, and it's, it's different for everybody. Like, you're, you know, your ceiling becomes your floor or whatever. But, like, that's such an important thing. And comfort is honestly the killer of progress. It, it slows us down. And God doesn't like comfortable. And I like you. And I'm done. And here's Anna. Woo! Great job. Good job. Praise God. That was awesome. Well, good morning, church. We are in the Paranormal Activity Series, and I'm so excited to share my story because as Christians, we need to stand out. Why? Because we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us who's giving us a supernatural advantage so that our lives can become more attractive to those around us, and they ask us, I want what you have. So this morning, I want to talk to you about the power of obedience, how it unlocks the supernatural power of God into our lives. 
1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20 says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. You know, to me, that means that our life is not our own to do whatever we want with it. It doesn't belong to us. It belongs to God. He bought it at a price. So then that means that our journey in life becomes, God, what do you want me to do? Well, in 2008, God spoke to me very specifically that he wanted me to help my once youth, my once youth pastors start a church in Chula Vista. Now, let me give you a little bit of a backstory. I grew up in Chula Vista. I didn't grow up from a wealthy family. I wasn't exposed to a lot. But through my personal relationship with Jesus, I made a decision in my late teens that I wouldn't um, allow fear or lack of money to keep me from pursuing God's best for my life because I figured, well, God, if you're with me, then I'm not limited to what my family can offer. So then in the year 2000, I decided to go study abroad in Rome for a year, and that was actually the beginning of my personal faith journey with God. At the time, I needed $10,000 in six months in order for the Italian consulate to give me a visa. I had zero savings. My parents weren't in a position to give me that money. But long story short, in six months, I had over 14000 After spending a year abroad in Rome, traveling to over 10 other countries, I moved to the East Coast to do a master's program. I didn't even look at the cost, because I couldn't afford the cheap ones anyways. So I applied. I got in. I got a graduate assistantship that paid for my entire second year. It paid for my books. I even got a monthly stipend that I can live off of. From there, I moved to Milan. Then I moved to Rome. Then I went Milan, New York City, then back to Rome. And then God called me back to San Diego. Now, let me be honest. I fought it like the plague. I didn't want to come back to San Diego. I loved my life in New York City, but God spoke to me very clearly, and I knew I had to obey him. So even though I didn't necessarily want to go back to Chula Vista, I knew that I could trust him because I had seen him do so many crazy, amazing things through my 20s that even though it looked and it felt like I was taking a million steps backwards, I knew that God's thoughts of me were of good and not of evil and that he had a good future for me so I could trust him. So going back to help this young church that didn't have any financial support, I knew they couldn't pay me a salary. So at the time that God spoke to me, I had just gotten my business license because I wanted to start a consulting company to help small business owners with their startups. And I remember saying, God, well, if I'm going to be working at the church, then when am I going to have time to build my company? And then God says, well, I'm not asking you to build your company. I'm asking you to build my church. So how many of you know that when God asks us to do something, it's not always convenient? (laughs) Right? So if I was going to do this, I couldn't afford rent without a salary. So I had to literally downsize my life, and I moved into my parents' garage. Now, that's the last thing I expected after having lived in New York and in Italy. Isaiah 48, 17 says, I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is best for you, who directs you in the way that you should go. The New King James says that he teaches us to profit, and he leads us by the way we should go. So just because he led me to do life a certain way doesn't mean it's going to look the same for you. He knows exactly what we need. And there's actually more to my story that I don't have time to tell. But in hindsight, I'm so glad that God brought me back to San Diego and had me live in my parents' garage because at that time, that's what I needed. So long story short... I served in that church from 2008 to 2016. I received about $200 to $400 a month. 
And then five years into that, in 2013, God gave me the green light to get a part-time job. I found a part-time job as a bookkeeper, earning $20 an hour. And then in 2013, that company started growing. Within three years, we ranked 47 on the Inc. 500 list as one of the fastest-growing companies in the nation. Now, in 2016, when God led me out of that church and I started coming to C3, I'll be honest, I, was, I felt like I had wasted almost a decade of my life. I felt betrayed by God. I was mad. I was bitter. I was confused. I was like, God, why would you have me serve all these years in that church for nothing to come of it? But since then, I have learned that when we obey God, time is never wasted. He knows exactly what he's doing when he's asking us to obey him. And to be honest, you can never go wrong when you obey him. I honestly believe that if I had not obeyed God, my life would not be where it is today. The stuff that God has exposed me to since I said yes to his leading is ridiculous. I remember one day I had breakfast on a yacht in Sardinia, got on a private plane, flew to Tunisia, had lunch in Tunis, got back on the plane and had dinner in Montenegro, all in one day and all for free. And not just once, I've been on ridiculous, crazy vacations for free to in these yachts, in these private planes including St. Bart's, and I remember one time I got gifted a plane, a private plane, to fly me and my girlfriends to Miami for my birthday for free. Now, if that's not paranormal, I don't know what is, but that's not normal for a girl from Chula Vista. <laughs> like, seriously, and if that's not enough, the acceleration that God has done in the last three years is ridiculous. From 2016 till today, so less than three years, my income has increased 81%. I went from renting a studio in downtown to renting in a luxury high-rise in downtown to just recently this summer I purchased a two-bedroom, two-bathroom condo in a luxury building in downtown San Diego. And I also have a career path with the same company I started with as a part-time bookkeeper. I'm the finance and accounting director for them. It's ridiculous what God has done. It's not normal. But I know that if I had not obeyed him, I still would be trying to carve out a career for myself. But the Bible teaches that he knows what is best for us, and he directs us in the way that we should go. He knew that this little company with only three people was going to become a huge success. But I had to obey his leading. So this morning, I want to encourage you in the area of obedience. We obey him through his word and through the leading of the Holy Spirit. But if we don't learn how to obey his word, we're going to have a hard time learning to obey the leading of the spirit because the spirit will never contradict his word. So, for example, the Bible talks about bringing our tithes into the storehouse. The definition of a tithe is 10%. You don't just decide, oh, well, I'm going to give 5% or I'm going to tithe my time. Well, no, when I was volunteering at the church, I was tithing off the two to $400 a month I was receiving because that's just done in obedience to his word. And then we obey him through the leading of the Holy Spirit. Now, that's more personal. That's specific to you. You know, nowhere in the Bible is it going to say, Anna, you shall volunteer your time at the church, or Anna, you shall take this job. Those are all decisions of obedience to his leading in a certain direction. It's praying in the Holy Spirit. It's listening to his still small voice. It's following peace. You know, Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace of God, the soul harmony which comes from Christ, rule. Act as an umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your mind. An umpire, when you go to a baseball game, what does he do? He lets you know whether you're in or out. That's what the peace of God does. You're in a decision, you know whether you're in or you know whether you're out. 
You know, and so I'm going to end with this. I may not be in full-time ministry at this time, but I'm still building his kingdom. Every single one of us here are called to build this kingdom. How do we do it? With our tithes, with our offerings, volunteering our time, praying for people, inviting people to church. So I want to encourage you, if you've been struggling in that area of obedience for whatever reason, maybe it's something that doesn't make sense. You know, it didn't make, my family didn't understand. It didn't make sense to anybody. They were wondering, why is she volunteering her time at the church if she had just, if she was, um, spent all this time getting an education? But the thing is that God's not talking to them. He's talking to you. So I want to encourage you, trust that he knows what is best for you, because at the end, it's going to pay off. Amen? Excellent. Wow. Wow, Ryan, Anna, in, in, incredible. Uh, I, I know they're not here, but I'm gonna take a minute just to honor our, our leaders, Pastor Jurgen, Leanne, John and Becky, Pastor Colin, just uh, thank you so much for trusting us with uh, this opportunity. And I'd like to honor you, church. You know, whether you've been with us for a while, whether you're just checking us out this morning, there's no mistakes. You're here for a reason. God has a word for you, and I'm excited to share what he put on my heart around this series, Paranormal Activity and Success in the Marketplace. And first of all, I, I just have to step back and say God is amazing. He is a God of restoration. Ten years ago to this exact date, October 22nd, Colin, I would have been the last person in the world you ever would have asked to come up here uh, because I had, had a massive failure in business, uh, lost my home, lost virtually everything, had to move in with my dad, and on this date 10 years ago, uh, had to file bankruptcy. But who knows, we serve a God of the comeback. And, and that is true. Now, you may have never filed bankruptcy in this room. You may never have owned a business. But if there's anything that you have lost in life, anything that the enemy has stolen from you, anything that poor decisions maybe have given away, God's word for you this morning is he wants to restore it. He wants to pay you back with interest. He wants to give you, as his word says, double for your trouble. And that's not just hype. That is his word. That's what he wants to happen in our life. He is our father, and he wants good things for us. Now, in my mid-20s, I became very successful very quickly in real estate. And I got saved when I was 21 and started a business by the time I was 24. And in a couple years, I was making a lot of money, had a nice house, you know, had, you know, all the stuff that you dream about. But little by little, I started putting Jesus in the back seat. Like Ryan said, getting comfortable. You know, where I depended on him, there's no way I got to that point without him. But now it's kind of like, Jesus, I appreciate everything, but I, I, I kind of got it from here right? And I began to, you know, I still went to church. I was in church three times a week. I still served. I still prayed. I still read his word. But something had shifted in my heart uh, to where, you know, I, I, I got this on my own. And things just shifted. The business went terribly bad. And little by little, you know, we fought as hard as we could, sold everything we had. But at the end, it just wasn't enough. And I was newly married just a year. We were expecting our first child. And we had to move into an extra bedroom at my dad's house. And it just was such a low, uh, dark, d depressing time. Um, you know, just I, I was questioning so many things. I was, you know, just 
had all these questions for God. God, you know, you, you had spoken words over my life that I was going to finance your kingdom. You had, you had spoken these things that you said were going to happen, and the opposite is happening. I don't understand, God. You know, why would you allow this to happen? I think we've all questioned God at some point in our life. And I remember being alone in my dad's house, and I threw on some worship music, and I, I opened up his word, and I came across Second, uh, Second Chronicles um, uh, 7.14, uh, where, where he says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, and what? And seek my face, and then turn from your wicked ways. A lot of times we think of wicked ways as something gross and in your face, but just trying to do things on your own is, is, is wicked, and that falls under that category. You know, and then God says when we do these things, he'll hear from heaven, and he'll forgive our sins, and he'll restore our land. Who wants some things restored this morning? All right, and that, th this is what it's all about. And I, I, I just began to broke down, and, and I, I just was weeping. And I'm asking God, I'm just seeing so clearly how, how I, I just, you know, been working on my own and just pushing him aside. And I just ask him to forgive me and for all these different things. I wasn't being a good husband. I, I wasn't going to be a good father. And, and I'm just crying out to God. And then I just began to feel hope stir inside of me. If this was a Rocky movie, this is where that theme would have kicked in. Dun, da, da, dun, da, da, dun, da, da. I just felt it like, I just felt God like it's not over. This story's not over. It's not going to end here, right? And he began to download to me like a battle plan. And it's kind of, I, I look at it now like the three keys to a comeback. And I'll be very brief here because I have to be. Is Number one is we seek him first above all else. Matthew 6.33 says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all things will be added to you. But God, what about this job I need? God, what about the bills? What about this relationship I've been seeking? No, seek him and work hard, and he opens the door. He leads you, and he knows exactly what you need. Before we had to file bankruptcy, I, I was $7.2 million in debt with only $4 million in assets. So I said, God, I need $3.2 million. That's what I'm believing you for. I had people praying for this. I had churches praying. My, my father-in-law was praying and fasting. And then three days later, we got news that we're pregnant. And I'm like, Dad, stop praying. <laughs> I said $3.2 million, not a child. I can't afford a child. I can't afford myself right now. But I'll tell you, the birth of my daughter saved my marriage. It saved my marriage. It truly helped, you know, just get my priorities, really put God number one, my family number two, and my business number three. And it's funny how when you put things in proper order, money comes so much easier. I had made a lot of money in my 20s, but it was a striving. It was a struggling. It was a just reacting all the time versus just flowing, letting God open the doors. I do a lot of cool things now, but I've never gone seeking any of them. It's just introductions or doors that were open. Number two is giving. Claudia and I had a decision to make. God, we're, we're, you know, I just felt God was challenging us. You need to give your way out of this. And that was so, it was so difficult because we had nothing. We, we actually were, we were on food stamps for a period of time. And I remember getting a $360 a month, and we would write a $36 tithe check, and we'd put 14 extra dollars on for an offering. And I would just do whatever I could to serve at church, to donate time, all of these different things. I would go to church. I remember a guy really liked my tie. I just took it off and gave to him 
Uh, sometimes I'd come home in the room we're living in, I thought we got robbed because Claudia just gave stuff away. And we just became radical because, because the, 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 the answer, what I learned though, is that you always have in your hands what you need to grow because God, he says, as long as the earth endures, Seed time and harvest will exist, right? It will not cease, right? So whatever we have in our hands, we start giving, we start planting, and the increase comes. And number three is speaking life. God just taught me, you know, just, I mean, Pastor Jurgen said it so incredible last week that the primary purpose of speech is not to communicate, it's to create. And we are, we are speaking spirits like our Father. When we speak, we create. We want to listen to, we want to know where your life is going to be three, four, five years from now. Listen to the narrative in your mind and the words coming out of your mouth. And God began to show me, you need to speak the word over your life. So I take scriptures like the world of the generous gets larger and larger. And I say, God, I thank you that I'm generous. I thank you that I'm a giver. I thank you that millions of dollars are going to flow through my hands. And God, my world's getting larger and larger. And I look back, you know, I was looking back on some declarations I wrote years ago uh, in the midst of this time and it, I was blown away because I'm living what I wrote 10 years ago now so I just challenge you wherever you are wherever you need God to come in and bring increase wherever you need that comeback and these aren't just keys to a comeback these things don't stop this is just for successful living in my opinion uh, with God but your story is not over press into him like Anna said the key is obedience to unlocking the blessing and the plan you have Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 San Diego, go to c3sandiego.com.